Would you like to live a happier, healthier, and more fulfilled life? Cultures from all over our planet have been addressing that concern for thousands of years, and their answers can help you in your life today. Welcome to The Sweet Spot, where healing, spirituality, and culture meet. Join anthropologist and healer Robert Better as he introduces you to healing and spirituality in world cultures. Here's the host of your show, Robert Better. Hi, folks. It's Bob Vetter here. Before the podcast starts, I wanted to offer you something for free available on my website, www.bobvetter.com. It's a download of a game and map of the healer's journey called Sustos, named after the traumatic events that can lead to soul loss. The game provides insights in how we ourselves can be healed and how that process empowers us in our healing efforts with others. Get your free download at www.bobvetter.com. Now, let's get to our latest podcast episode. Greetings, listeners. I'm here today with Victoria Shaw. Victoria Shaw is a licensed professional counselor and spiritual coach who combines her background and training in psychology and counseling with her intuitive gifts to help clients heal, grow, and realize their spiritual and full personal potential. She takes a holistic approach to counseling, addressing clients' concerns on the mind-body-spiritual levels. She especially loves working with people who are committed to using their struggles and life experiences to fuel their own spiritual awakening. Victoria is the author of four self-help books for parents, children, and teens, the host of Intuitive Connection podcast, and the mother of two-spirited now adult children. So Victoria Shaw, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So nice to have you with us. So Victoria, I know you have a pretty fascinating story. Can you tell us about what took you from your work in counseling and kind of the the conventional sphere to something a little less conventional? Absolutely. So my journey actually started, well, my journey started probably before I was born, but the journey, the career journey for me started in middle school where I became fascinated by the mind and fascinated by the brain and wanted to pursue um, work in biopsychiatry or biopsychology. And that brought me to getting a PhD in psychology because I learned uh, in high school that I couldn't do animal research, which was a big part of the science part of the brain at that point. Um, and I just, it didn't resonate with me. So I pursued um, my PhD in cognitive psychology and I studied things like reasoning and the mind and memory. And I was also a double major as an undergrad in philosophy. So these big questions like the mind body problem and what is consciousness and all of that stuff was really fueling me and came together. But when I got to the end of that journey and I graduated with my PhD in psychology and my my um, path would have been mostly to be a research psychologist. So I would have been a professor in a university doing research on the mind and the brain. I realized that the passion was gone. And I look back now and I think the reason the passion was gone was because the research, which was mainly what people were doing at that time, though interesting, like kind of left the spirit, the soul, that bigger connection out of the equation. And I didn't really realize this at the time because I was... I was, I was someone who was brought up with no spiritual or religious background. It wasn't really in my vocabulary. It wasn't anything I was thinking about. And I was a scientist, right? 
but I just knew that something about it just wasn't speaking to me anymore. And those big questions that I wanted to address, there was no way to get to them from where I was. And so I decided I'd made the hard choice to leave that field. I took some time off my husband at the time, who was also, um, had been a PhD in academic. He has a PhD in physics also made the decision to leave to leave academia. So we kind of did that together and I took some time off to start my family and, and have my first child and then another child and write some books and do some other kinds of things. And it was during that journey that everything started to open up for me. And I started to my, you know, my kids had struggles, um, because all kids have struggles. I had struggles as a parent and it really in, in starting to address some of those concerns, I started being introduced to people that were more and more outside of the box. So I started working with medical intuitives and astrologers and energy healers and all sorts of things that I did not know were things before I hit this lake of my journey. And when that started to happen, I recognized a couple things about myself. One, I recognized there was this thing called intuition and that I had it in spades. Two, people kept telling me that I was working with that this intuition thing was really important. It was part of my journey in life. And it was something I should probably start attending to if I wanted to kind of get back on that path that my soul had in store for me. And I guess the soul thing was a good revelation as well. And I also really tuned into this idea. I kind of got back to that sense that I always, you know, from the time I was a child, I always felt this deeper calling, this deeper purpose. And I'd gotten off the path a little bit, but as I started to tune into this weird woo-woo stuff. And as I started to earnestly pursue this awakening of my intuition, every darn thing about my life changed. It changed radically for the better. And I started to reconnect, you know, with those deeper longings again, and I started to find that deeper purpose. And so it was that journey that actually led me to get a master's in counseling because I was a psychologist, but not a clinical psychologist. And at the time I thought it would be really important to ground the information I was doing in some kind of licensure. I don't necessarily feel that way now, but I'm really glad I did it because I got a good skill set and it helped me build my practice. But really for me, the crux of my work is a kind of soul-based healing and helping people tap into their own inner wisdom, which I think we all have, because I think ultimately we're all souls or spirits having a human experience. And that intuition is your connection to your own divine nature. And the more we connect with that, the more we live the life that our soul wants us to lead. And so that's what I'm doing these days. So let's, let's backtrack a little bit to this, this juxtaposition, I guess, of academia and um, conventional psychology and spirituality. And I, I'm curious to know, first, what you have to say about the, the academic side of it. In other words, when you were in academia, did you already have this inkling that there was something else that you wanted to bring into, into your work? When I look back now, I know that every opportunity I had in life, every time that someone go, looked at me and said, wow, that was really insightful. Wow. That was really amazing. I was always tuning into my intuition. I didn't realize it at the time, and I worked really hard because I was someone who had learning disabilities. So it's pretty amazing that I ended up with a PhD from Princeton, right? Um, so I worked really, really hard to make that happen. And I worked really, really hard to hone that left brain 
But I recognize now for me always and forever, the gold was in my intuition. And I love having that, you know, moniker of being smart, quote unquote. And I love the information that, you know, sometimes still pokes around in my left brain, but now I really use it intuitively. So I let my intuition, let me know what of my knowledge base is relevant to the current situation rather than the other way around. Um, but at the time when I was doing this work, I didn't know there was a thing called intuition. I didn't know. I didn't, like I said, I didn't really think about spirit. I just knew as I got to the end of the journey that the passion was gone and something was missing. And it wasn't until years later that I realized what that was. So, so you were in academia and I'm assuming that in the academic world, you were kind of reporting back about what other people were doing in the field of psychology. Am I right? I was doing research. <laughs> like, I mean, well, what I'm, was your research? Uh, my research was on belief biases and and critical reasoning. So the way that it's kind of funny because it 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 ties into a lot of the way I see the world now. But it was around how we can look at a situation based more on what we believe and what we think is right or wrong or true or false than the actual evidence that's out there. So. Um, and how, so basically how we're sometimes misguided by our beliefs. So our beliefs filter the way that we, what we yeah. take in and what we, how we create meaning out of, out yeah, of yeah. that data, yeah. that information. Yeah. yeah. And more specifically, and this is less interesting, it was really around, do people pay attention to the form of an argument or do they just say whether I agree with it or not? And it's usually B. They usually just, you know, it's like they don't, you could give someone all the evidence in the world in a beautiful, logically structured way. And if they don't agree with your conclusions or your premises, they, they don't care. Gotcha. So, so you were doing all that research uh, at the university. And then how did you make the decision then to go to get your degree in counseling? So as I started to open up to my intuition, the first ability or gift that kind of came through and it happened really, really fast was that I had the ability to read people. And I was had the ability, first of all, to get sort of what people were thinking right below the level of consciousness, those kind of things that when you hear them said back to you, you're like, oh yeah, but you didn't always know them right at the front of your brain. And I also had the ability to see if someone was struggling with something in the present, sometimes if there was a childhood experience or something that first kind of triggered that like an early trauma, I was able to immediately be shown what that was. And by, by whom? I, I just know. I just know. I sometimes use the word spirit guides mm -hmm. um, because that kind of lets people know that it's not coming from my left brain. Um, but I, I don't always know where it comes from. I just know, I just know. And, and I'm usually right. You know, there's a high level of accuracy Excellent. and, and so it was because of those particular things in the way that they came out that I thought, wow, the work that I'm doing is really like counseling. And I want to have that skill set. I want to have the listening skills, the communication skills, the boundaries, um, the license was helpful at first, like I said. And so that's why I pursued you know, my counseling degree. And I chose counseling specifically. A, I'd already been a psychologist and the easiest, um, you can do something called a clinical respecialization where if you already have a PhD in psychology programs, it's three years and you kind of just get the clinical piece. And there were a couple of schools near me doing that, but they weren't super near me. My kids were young and the closest place was Yale. And that was a five-year program. And 
I didn't, I didn't see, you know, and I, I actually had an advisor from Princeton at Yale. And she said to me, like, sure, you can do this if you want, but why would you just go get a master's? But the real reason why I got the master's in counseling, I think, I think she just gave me permission to let go of, you know, that, that part of me that felt like I had to do it a certain way. But the real reason I did is because the field of counseling is a wellness model. And so as it was explained to me when I went to the little info session and it really spoke to me, counselors believe that we all have, you know, the ability to heal, to grow, to thrive within us. We have all the answers and everything we need within and that the healer or helper's job isn't to fix you or solve the problem for you. It's to help awaken that within you and to hold the space for that to happen. And that philosophy just spoke to me so deeply and it still does today. And so that's why I chose counseling. And that actually is a perfect bridge to the next topic, which is what do we do with that? So, you know, you had this awakening of intuition in yourself and I'm kind of speaking for our listeners. What does that mean to the listener in terms of how to use your your intuitive ability and how do I find it in myself? Yeah, both really good questions. You know, when someone feels drawn to work with me or someone like me, it's just because they know. Like my favorite answer when I ask people like, why did you choose me? You know, is when they're just like, no, something just spoke to me. That's your intuition. And sometimes people find their way to me, you know, in other ways too. But my favorite are the ones that say, yeah, you know, I heard you on this podcast and I just knew you were the one. And, you know, we all have our own contribution and value to one another. And that can change, right? I can be helpful to someone at one point in their journey and not helpful at all in another. I'm good with that because it's an infinite world and someone else will show up when you need them, you know? Um, so, you know, I help people when they feel called and then things align and I can help with a lot of different things, you know, and, and my favorite thing to do really is to help people awaken the intuition that's naturally latent in them. And that was the second question you asked, right? How do we tap into this gift for ourselves? I believe everyone's intuitive and, you know, some people are going to be like me and they're going to really develop these gifts to a way that that's kind of what they do for a living, but it doesn't have to be like that. And everyone experiences their intuition differently. And we're all unique souls, right? With unique paths and different things we want to express here. So I always say the first thing that you need to do when trying, you know, working on awakening your intuition is to tune into how it's already working for you. And it's going to be different for everyone. And some people will go to a class and they're like, well, I want to talk to spirit guides or I want to see auras or that may not be your thing. It might be, it might develop for you, but I always say, start with how it's already speaking to you. And there's not a person on the planet that I've met so far, you know, maybe I'll get a bunch of emails from people after this, but it hasn't happened yet who haven't, who haven't at some point in their life had an experience when they knew something, right? They didn't know how they knew it, but they knew it in their bones and it turned out to be correct. And that's your intuition. And it can speak to you as a body sensation, as a deep sense of knowing, as a calm, quiet voice in your head, as a body sensation, like the chills or a weird feeling in your gut. Intuition can sometimes even come out of someone else's mouth when someone says something like, hey, maybe you should move to California. And you think, yeah, now's the time, right? That happened to me recently, um, right? So it can come out of someone's mouth. It can be a sign. It can be something you read in a book, but there's that sense of knowing and you know, and it's right. 
And the more we learn to listen to these whisperings of our soul, the louder they get. And the more we cooperate with that process and the more our intuition blossoms, and then it shows us where it wants to grow next. So can you give me an ex- or give us an example sure. of somebody who you worked with who maybe just had a, an inkling of intuition and through their work with you, they developed it and, and moved on with it? Oh my God. I think that's almost everyone I've worked with, but I mean, cause I really do feel like once you start to, you know, everything's intention. And once you start to set the intention to connect with your intuition, you know, it just starts happening and the people and the things that you need will show up. And then also because I operate so much in that intuitive space, there's sort of a resonance where people just naturally flow more into their intuition in a session with me than they do in their minds. Or if they go into their minds, like, you know, they go there and then we bring them back to the present moment, which is where intuition comes from. So it kind of happens naturally, normally with pretty much all of my clients, even if that's not why they're coming to me, because people come to me for all sorts of reasons. But my goal is always to reconnect them with their inner wisdom, with their soul to guide them through whatever they're going through right now. Um, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, specific examples, like all sorts of things. I mean, I can, and I teach intuition development too. So it's like, it's hard to pin down like one person, one story, but I see it again and again, more people will be in their intuition in a session, something will come through and I'll say like, Hey, wait, hold on. You know, that was, that was your intuition. And they'll be like, Oh yeah. And I also can show them when they're in their mind. It has a different feel to me. And again, everyone experiences it differently. But when someone's in thought, it feels different to me than when they're in spirit, when they're in flow. Well, let's talk about this, about the inner wisdom part of this, because there, you know, there are, there's intuition that is purely just information, you know, just knowing that the the phone's going to ring and it's going to be my Aunt Maud on the phone. Right. Um, there's the there's intuition that just tells me I shouldn't leave the house and drive down a particular highway today because there's something dangerous there. You know, there's there's that kind of intuition. And then there's an intuition that's really tied to a deeper sense of knowing a real spiritual way of being. And, and maybe you could kind of address those two different ways and what what works for you. Well, for one thing, I would say all those things are intuition. And it's true. A lot of times we think about intuition as like precognition, like, you know, the future. Um, but there's all sorts of different ways that our soul speaks to us and for all different purposes. So sometimes, yeah, it's you're about to go down one path and your intuition's like, eh, you know, if you it might be easier if you go right instead of left. And if you listen, you'll find that that was the that was true. Um but, you know, our soul's whispering to us all the time. So it can be really profound things and it can be really subtle things. And oftentimes the kind of information that I get is someone struggling with something. They feel stuck. They feel overwhelmed. They're grieving. You know, they're having trouble navigating a relationship. And the work that I do is to help them connect with that higher information, that higher guidance to get through this situation. It often has to do with what they're meant to learn from the experience, because I believe that part of the reasons why uh, our souls tend to choose to come into this human experience is for our learning and growth. So a lot can be gained from every experience. So sometimes the information's like that. And oftentimes too, the choices, the decisions, a lot of times we make decisions from our minds, from our reactivity, from our emotions, from our unresolved stuff, right? From our baggage. But when we start to 
navigate from that higher GPS, from that higher source, we find that the job gets done a lot more effortlessly, easily, parsimoniously, and joyously. And so that's what I like to help people to do. And again, everyone has this connection, just sometimes in our own lives, it's hard to hear. So sometimes it just needs to come out of my mouth for a little while until, you know, you can start hearing it yourself. So wonderful, Victoria, maybe there's one thing I, you mentioned that you, you teach this as well, besides using it in the work that you do. Can you share something with our listeners about something simple, a simple way to start in order to develop this? Oh, yes. Number one, set the intention. Because as soon as you say, hey, I'd like to expand my intuition, it will start to come. The right intention is is 90% of the journey right there. So first is to set the intention. And then the second thing to do is really start to listen, start to notice when is this happening for me now? You can start a journal. You can start just to recognize. I love people to write just all these experiences of things that in the past and the future that they think are their intuition, that they thought were their intuition. And, you know, you start to get feedback. You start to, first of all, notice all the times it's happened for you before. And then you also, as you start to write down these hunches, you'll see which ones pay off and you'll start to know what your, how your intuition works and what it feels like. And then the third thing, and this is a general thing that is very, very helpful for all forms of intuitive uh, guidance and just for life in general is start to learn what helps you to still your mind because intuition does not come from your brain. And when it comes to connecting with your inner wisdom, your thinking mind is not your best friend. It's the noise. And sometimes our intuition works through our thoughts. Oftentimes I will get words and thoughts in my mind that are my intuition, but it comes again from stilling my mind first. Okay. It's almost as if it just comes out of the stillness as opposed to, I have to create it with, you know, through the noise. Okay. And so practices that still the mind like meditation, like being in nature, like deep breathing, like certain forms of repetitive exercise, walking, running, like being near water, like being in the shower, like driving, it's different for everyone, but anything that helps you still your mind will help you connect with your intuition. Wonderful. And again, I'm just going to ask you if, if there's one example of somebody who developed this in maybe an unusual way, you know, very often there's like one anecdote of just something that comes out of the blue. You know, I know I can talk mostly about my own experience, really. Um, but I find this so many with, I mean, so many of my clients have blossomed so much and it's, it's hard to know that moment that it happens, but it always amazes me when it does. And I see someone who, you know, oh my God, you were so anxious when we started working together a year ago or two years ago, or, you know sometimes six months ago, because the process or, or a week ago, it's different for everyone. But, and, you know, look where you are now. And I see that again and again, where people are just starting to tune into that, that higher guidance, and they're starting to live life really on a higher resonance. And it's a really beautiful thing. And sometimes this was my process. And this is a process for many of my clients, but it doesn't have to be. Sometimes too, you know, there's a lot of noise in the mind and the emotions because maybe we didn't have the perfect childhood or maybe life is just noisy. So sometimes a little work spent kind of clearing those channels by releasing and working on some of the, 
you know, the early childhood experiences or the whatever sort of clogging up the system can be really helpful. And that was my journey, you know, working on my stuff. And that's the other reason why I became a counselor, because doing that kind of work in the right way, not when we feed it and tell ourselves a story about how we're broken because we had these experiences, but rather how we recognize, oh, these experiences have been dictating my life. How do I shift that? How do I live from a higher level so that I can release what I learned about life that wasn't serving me and plug back into the joy and the magic and the flow of that my higher self wants me to experience and express here on earth. So let's just go to your own experience then. And I, you know, we started by talking about how you, your, your, you were raised in a household without a sense of religion, without a background in religion of any kind. And you were interested in these meta questions about life in I guess what I would describe as more of a philosophical way. At some point, something changed though. Can you take us to that epiphany, that aha moment? The minute I started tapping into my intuition, it's like I rediscovered my soul. I mean, she was always there and I was always highly intuitive as a child. I can look back, but I just didn't know what it was called. I didn't know what it was. I didn't have that frame of reference for understanding it. And so as soon as almost like a paradigm shift, when as soon as I understood, oh, that's the missing piece, this is how the world really works. This is what's really going on. And as soon as I sort of agreed to see everything from that more spiritual lens, then everything shifted and everything made sense. It was a pretty profound aha moment for me. I have to say most of my clients come to me, they've already made the aha, and now they're just trying to figure out what to do next. Um, but sometimes not, sometimes people really, you know, haven't seen things from that broader lens, but I just didn't have that frame of reference. And as soon as I understood, then I could look back at my life and go, oh, this makes sense. That makes sense. That's what was happening. And it was almost like reconnecting me with my gift and then allowing me to just let her, let her rip. And that brings me to a question that I wanted to ask. I mean, in, in my own work one-on-one with clients, you know, that we, it often starts with something emotional and somehow in the work, something spiritual emerges. And I'm just wondering what that's like for you in the work that you do. Yeah. I mean, I think the human journey for many people right now starts with I'm in pain, I'm frustrated, I'm stuck, I'm overwhelmed, help. And it's at those moments when we're sort of open to whatever form of help wants to show up. And that's where we kind of bust through the limiting ideas that we have about ourselves, the world and how it's supposed to work. And, you know, so many people come to me because they're struggling. I mean, it's just a thing. Some people come to me just because they're like excited about learning more. And I love that. But oftentimes people come because they're, they're having a rough time and it's about finding their way through that. And using those experiences, like I said, in my bio, right. As, as fuel, you know, for spiritual growth. And, um, that's when it gets really fun. And that's where you start to see that the struggles that you're having right now, and there's a lot of people having struggles right now, you, you get to understand them in that broader spiritual cons, um, broader spiritual, um, sense. I'm sorry, I lost the word perspective. And, um, it doesn't mean you have to like them. You don't ever have to like anything you're human, but you start to make peace with what's going on and you start to find your way through. And that's how we construct meaning in our lives. Yeah, absolutely. 
Victoria, how can our listeners get a hold of you? Um, lots of different ways. My website is a source of great information, victoriashawintuitive.com. I do one-to-one readings. I do remote readings where I do a little reading and send you the notes. I do classes both online and in person. If you happen to be in the San Diego area, I have, I'm going to do my AP intensive intuition, uh, group coaching coming up in the fall. Um, so I'm excited about that one. And I also, let's see, so that's all on the, on the, um, on the website. I have a Facebook group, intuitive connection community, where I do a lot of free teaching and free readings. And I also have a podcast, the intuitive connection. And, um, so I bring all the podcast guests. They also make a little pass in the Facebook community. So we have a lot of fun with that. And I think that covers, I'm active on Instagram as well uh, at Victoria Shaw intuitive. So I think that's, that's all the different ways in which you can um, come play with me. And your last name is spelled S H A W. Exactly. Victoria Shaw. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. And thank you everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. Before you go, I wanted to remind you of free healing resources available on my website, www.bobvetter.com. This has been Healing and Spirituality in World Cultures with Robert Vetter. Thanks for listening. Please rate, subscribe, and share with everyone you know who might benefit from these messages. Until next time, remember, be kind and loving to yourself and others. Together, we can heal ourselves and help build a better world.